it's just it's an interesting time because I think we have to really start to look at okay what what is the next step for these folks and if we want to bring the younger families into town that will continue um, you know putting kids in the schools continue to make sure our park and rec department is at its fullest mm-hmm. right and um, you know Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial at 102.9. Here today for a session in studio with Town Council Ted Cormier-Ledger, although we'll use your realtor hat today. (laughs) We may get into some council discussion, but we want to focus on your realtor hat today. So thank you for joining. Of course. To help set to the listeners, and thank you for joining us as well. Um, the Senior Center uh, had the normal third Thursday of the month kind of a town officials breakfast, and we were having a decide discussion, and you gave me a stat that, like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to follow up with sure, that, yeah, so, because yeah. it's, it's pertinent to a number of conversations. Mm-hmm. So if I recall correctly, you said there was something like uh, 2,700 uh, units, housing units, that had been owned for more than 20 years mm-hmm. in Franklin. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Which would kind of imply that they're kind of in my status, and I'll certainly out myself, 60 plus, the kids are gone, we're living in a two-room, two-floor colonial. I don't have a smaller, more affordable place to go to Mm -hmm. to free up my house to be another kind of family unit house. And I've talked to others at the senior center and elsewhere that are similar in similar circumstances. We we don't have some place to go. So to the extent that it's that number, that, as I understand it, with approximately 10,000 or, well, there's 12,000 properties, I think, but I think 10,000 are what we would classify as residential. Mm-hmm. That's a quarter of our housing stock right. is potentially stuck because we don't have enough of the variety of stock to mm-hmm. go. So that was the initial piece, and it's like, I'm still trying to deal with it. Wait a sec. Right, right. And I think a lot of people are are trying to deal with it because um, we just often hear of like, okay, I would like to go somewhere else, but I don't know where to go. And does it make financial sense for me to move because, you know, I've got all this equity in my home, but I'm just going to turn around and spend all that on something smaller so is it better for me to just stay put right um and you know it's it's an interesting problem not just here in franklin right like there is a uh, i mean on every level we could talk about the housing crisis you know certainly they're having lots of discussions on a federal level but it doesn't seem to ever get any real movement the state talks about it um you could certainly get into an affordable housing piece with some of this discussion, but but really the what kind of prompted me to even do the initial research was, you know, I just kept noticing there was a group of people, you know, that 
kept coming to me saying we want to get into Franklin where you know we, we would love to live in Franklin we love your schools we love your mm -hmm. library we love your parks and just everything about the vibe your cultural and arts stuff and you know and they were pre-approved and they had a decent amount saved and they had good jobs and they were great people but they couldn't find the entry point right because you know as you know we just you know completed the the assessment and you know looked at taxes and you know based on that whole report and like median price in franklin being around 550 that's untouchable for a lot of first-time buyers sure right yeah. it's more a stepping stone house like i try to tell people like maybe your second or third home you know like my family did you know we had to move around a couple times before mm -hmm. we could settle to Franklin and that right. was the way sure that people did things so I said all right well let me look at because uh, inventory is really low mm -hmm. as, as you know it, 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 has, it, been for it a, has been for a long time and even years, even anyway. in our peak times in the spring and the summer we're just not seeing the normal right. inventory come on right right so to lay the groundwork I think for the listeners Franklin went through a housing boom in the 90s and in the 2000s where um, a lot of farmland got converted mm -hmm. into developments with 60, 70, 80, you know, colonial homes, 2,500 square feet, Correct. you know, yep. four bedrooms, two and a half baths, cookie cutter. Yep. They Everybody got almost an acre of land, boom, boom, boom. And the commuter rail came to town and kind of put Franklin on the map and then everything started building on that mm -hmm. right more tax revenue started coming in which meant we could do more with the town and right. and here we are um so that those people that came in the 90s and the 2000s are now into their houses 20 years mm -hmm. some some longer sure um they've built the equity they've thought about where to go the kids like you said have moved on some of them. Some of them. Many, ma many have not moved on. Some right? are we starting are, to come back. To we we are hearing more and more and more, yeah. you know, the 23, 25, even 28-year-olds that are still living at home because right. that's what they got to do. They can't afford it. <clears throat> they can't afford even even a re even an apartment. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and the, I mean, the, the, the rental market is... Uh, is is certainly crazy and there's not a, yeah. there's not a lot of inventory there either no. um so i did the research and i said okay i wonder if there's an opportunity to you know whether it be you know you try to talk to people or you send them a letter or you do some kind of you know marketing campaign to say you know hey have you thought about selling your house because you know we have buyers in the area that are mm -hmm. that are looking and when i when i d went into the the system, and this is all just public record, but I went into the system and I looked at single-family homes in Franklin that are owner-occupied more than 20 years. The number was just over 2,700. So that's a that's a gigantic number, Steve. It is. Right? That, and that tells me that that's potential Correct. for... Um, inventory Absolutely. to the market yeah and i yeah. and i didn't look at values right so no. so of that 2700 could be a two-bedroom cape with one bath it could be a ranch it could be you know a five-bedroom 3800 yeah. square foot home sure. right it, it was it was the whole right inventory and we have buyers in every 
category yeah. uh, that are that are consistently looking yeah. at Franklin, um, even with the population slightly dipping and the school numbers, you know, slightly going down. Uh, Franklin is still a highly desirable town, yeah. and uh, particularly on the 495 belt, you know, we're, we're kind of looked at as the gem out here um, for mm -hmm. people that say, you know, the city is untouchable, the 95 belt is untouchable, so I'm willing to go a little bit further and hop on the commuter rail if I gotta go to right. work in Boston. Yeah. Or maybe they work in Rhode Island or they work in Worcester or, or whatever. Well, and that's where the <clears throat> we can break apart a couple of points in there and develop a little bit more within it because when we came here and my family came here in 95, so we've been here the 27 years. Um, and it was a corporate move. We were, were living in New Jersey at the time. The company says, well, can you do this project? Are you going to move me home? Sure, because we grew up in Rhode Island. So absolutely, I come to Mass. Mm -hmm. And it was indeed the price point, even then, almost 30 years ago, that you know, Boston and the inside the 128 Beltway, pricey, this was much more economical and at the time I was going to be working in Boston so the train made a whole lot of sense the company had offices in Connecticut in New Hampshire and then eventually when I switched to other companies being here at least centrally located I could take the train if I was going to Boston and I had easy access to the 495 95 Mass Pike I could go almost anywhere in New England if you needed to within an hour, an hour and a half. I mean, Hartford's only 90 minutes. Right. So for a lot of folks, they also came here for that reason. And then all the other values that we've had in terms of the good schools, etc. It's a good bang for the buck. People are here. That's all well and good. But now, yeah, we're here and we're kind of stuck to a certain extent. And again, I'm speculating that while I'm the case of one, and I've already had conversations with at least, call it a half a dozen, dozen others who are similar, mm -hmm. that I would agree that that, is, that maybe not all of that 2,700, maybe some of the people definitely want to stay here, but some portion of that is potential to come on the market. And the question is, when? <laughs> yeah. And what are the factors that each of us are going to make on an individual decision that, oh, well, if we can't find something here, we've waited for long, we have to change our options, right? Because there's certain factors that we figure in terms sure. of yeah. each each people, each person making their own decision based upon factors that they come up with. And while Franklin being one of the key ones, you may have to change that at some point. Well, and a lot of people... Um, decided, okay, I'm at that point in my life, I'm going to leave, sell my house and leave the area entirely. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're going Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, somewhere warmer. Um, but that's not always the case. Like some people, well, I just want something a little smaller and a little more affordable now that I'm on fixed income, I'm retired, I want to be close to my grandkids, I want to be right. close to my friends, I need yeah. to be close to my hospital or my doctors for right. various reasons, sure. right? So, you know, and there's all kinds of circumstances in between. So, unfortunately, people are saying to us, well, you know, Ted, I would love to sell my house, but I don't know where to go. Yeah. And everything like yeah i'd love to, i'd love to be near the water i've always dreamed about being near the water right but that is not necessarily a possibility for a lot of people mm -hmm. so it's just it's an interesting time 
because I think we have to really start to look at okay what what is the next step for these folks and if we want to bring the younger families into town that will continue um, you know putting kids in the schools continue to make sure our park and rec department is at its fullest mm -hmm. right and um, you know attend all of the different programs that we have um, you know so there's there's a cycle Mm -hmm. to this whole thing sure. if we want those people to continue to see Franklin as attractive and viable then what's the plan you know what's the plan for the the people on the other end mm -hmm. that needs somewhere to go yeah um, and it's it's an interesting I'm not even saying that I have all the solutions right because I, I don't I just think it's worth having the conversation and uh, I think on the other end to, to talk to this point a little bit younger folks sometimes don't see a path to home ownership uh, outside of renting right they they really can't wrap their head around okay how do I get from point A to point B to point C I was uh, working with a young man who you know, single guy, 25 years old, has a good job, currently, you know, occupying a, a spare room at, at home with his parents. Mm -hmm. um, you know, college educated, has to go into Boston for his job, so he takes the commuter rail. But, you know, to, and he really wants his first place. Right. But it, when we start to run the numbers and we start to, all right, factor in taxes and, and various things like a single family home is kind of out of reach for him as a single guy right so I had the conversation with him about a condo sure and said you know they're they're usually much less expensive uh, they're certainly smaller it's a different style of living but mm -hmm. you know you as a busy guy you know yep. you wouldn't have the maintenance involved don't have to worry about um, some of the other stuff that well, yeah you're not cutting you, the grass you're not shoveling you're right, not right. you know out there mowing your lawn you're not you know dealing with the roof if it you know has a problem but mm -hmm. you know there's some trade-offs but sure. as a you know to my earlier point about as a stepping stone mm -hmm. it's a good way to get out of renting, get into owning something, build a little bit of wealth, build a little bit of equity, and maybe five years down the road, you're in a much better position to take the next jump yep. to a small single family. Maybe not the $800,000 four-bedroom yeah. colonial, sure. but maybe that more of a sweet spot of the five, you know, the five fifty yeah. smaller yeah. home in yep. Franklin. Sure, maybe that is now within your grasp. Mm -hmm. And when I connected them to one of my trusted partners that does, uh, uh, you know, financial lending and mortgages and stuff, and they kind of talked through the numbers, and he saw that he he qualified for, um, you know, somewhere around twenty five to three thousand dollar a month mortgage. Sure. Um, and he said, oh, geez, that, that I didn't realize I could do that. Right. And I said, well, you can. Mm -hmm. And now this puts you in, let's look at condos in the threes. Yeah. And we started looking at some. And it's just, it's a process, but it's all education. Sure. And it, you know, it was very eye-opening to him. Um, and maybe there'll even be an opportunity for a smaller single family. But now, like, 
as I've told every buyer, that pre-approval step, Steve, mm -hmm. is so critical. Because oh, yeah. otherwise, you don't really know no. what you're looking at. Yeah. You have no idea what you can afford. You're throwing spaghetti at a wall, right, and seeing if it sticks. And that's not a good strategy. No. Right? So, no. I, you know, I every single client I work with, I say, look, I know you think you can afford this. I know you got a good job. I know you've got some money saved. But let's get that pre-approval done. Mm -hmm. Let's have the experts explore your credit a little bit make sure. sure there's no blips on there things that you aren't aware of right things that a lender's going to see and mm -hmm. all of a sudden that's going to affect your rate yep. Yep. and most of the time they listen and then most of the time it's a very eye-opening experience for them mm -hmm. and i say great now now we got our roadmap yeah now you know your max number mm -hmm. And quite honestly, every listing agent around isn't going to take an offer without a pre-approval anyway. Right. So, Especially if, with the demand factors. No. So if you, <laughs> if you really want to be a contender and we're going to go look at a house or we're going to yep. look at a condo and we're going to make an offer, well, we can't go see it and then start the pre-approval process because by the time that's done, you've lost the house. Right. So let's get it done ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and it's just, a, just for everybody listening no matter who you work with, uh, please take that advice. That that's a really critical first step. Yeah, and I think even from, and I'll agree with that to the extent that when we, we did very similar process back when we were starting, um, but to the extent that the market is what it is, it allows you to filter to at least a reasonable range of where you're going to begin to look at. Mm -hmm. Look at. Because you really can't look at, you know, and that house may be nice, <laughs> but if you can't even come close to affording it, then right. why bother? Why waste everybody's time? Right. And that's, you know, especially when there are a lot of people that that is the house they're going to be looking at, right? right. So, right. Um, and the other, the other part of this conversation, Steve, with, with buyers, when we're focused on them for a second, they have to really put down... A couple of things on paper. They got to put their musts, mm -hmm. and they got to put their wants. Right. And then they got to put like their absolute nose. Yeah. And sometimes there's a lot of compromise. Yeah. Right. I I have said since I get into the real estate business, there's no such thing as the perfect house. Yeah. Yeah. There's a house that's going to meet a whole bunch of your needs, mm -hmm. and you're going to love it. But maybe maybe it needs a couple of things, or you know it. Mm -hmm. isn't, it isn't exactly what you right. thought. Um, when we moved to Franklin, uh, and I, I wasn't a, a real estate agent at the time, but our realtor at the time said, the pictures for the house that I'm going to show you don't look all that great, but I want you to take a look at it anyway because mm -hmm. it has enormous potential. Right. It's in a great neighborhood. And we trusted her and mm -hmm. said, you know what? We've looked at so many homes already. We know we like Franklin. Sure. So, boy, you're right. These pictures don't look so good, but we'll go. We'll we'll trust you. Mm -hmm. We'll go and we take a look. No, and we were just floored once we got in it mm -hmm. and said, "Yeah, you know, like we could do this. We could do that. We can live with that. We could right. fix that up over time. Like this gets us in." And right. get gets us into this great neighborhood, gets us into this great town, um, and everything just kind of aligned that way. Mm -hmm. But if we had just kind of stuck to our notion of we got to have all these things, and we're only going to click through the pictures and maybe you know that's going to be our narrowed search, we never would have gotten the mm -hmm. most that we have. Yeah, being aware 
being willing to, at least to your point, having had at least the list of these are the things that we really need, these are the things that we'd like to have, we want to get to at some point. So then you start within the affordability range, you can look at this, look at that. Maybe you're not the handyman, so you can't do something that's on a fixer-upper, but maybe some of the paint and, you know, new draperies or carpet or something like that, you can have done for you, and that's still in the affordable range, and thereby it goes from maybe a not-so-good picture to a better picture. Right. But then getting there and then into the house, you can start visualizing and start, you know, making sense of where your life can fit in this new location. Mm -hmm. And I know, at least from what I've heard, there's been kind of, and this is maybe some of the, that particular house may not have been, quote, staged as well as it could have been, where some houses, and you can spend, I'm sure, mucho bucks to stage the house. You can, yeah. But, but to you a certain to, extent, yeah. no. We, we, what do you, obviously you want to try and sell it in, in, in a demand-based market. You're gonna if the house is good and it's priced right, it should go within a short period of time anyway, because there's so much demand out there. Right, right, and and staging it's an interesting point because, um, I actually work with a, a, a staging partner, and her whole um, area of expertise is she can come in and do a consultation with you and your house with me and tell you, okay, we got a declutter. Mm -hmm. We got to clean. Right. We can add a fresh coat of paint for cheap money, and I can 100% work with what you got mm -hmm. rather than buy a whole bunch of expensive stuff and bring it in or rent things. Um, and you don't have to like go spend 50 grand on a new kitchen and go spend 10 grand in a new bathroom because the new owners are going to do those things and bring them to their own taste. Right. She also has the part of her business where she absolutely will have a client that moves out of the house, they get relocated like you did in your career to another job, so the house is vacant, and then she has to stage it. Right. So she's got, you know, companies that come in and, you know, she'll kind of direct where mm -hmm. everything goes and um, because in this day and age, the photos that people are clicking through online through the various website searches are really what draw people to your house. Sure. Right? They, you know, the days of people just sort of driving around a neighborhood and looking for an open house sign and saying, oh, let's go in. Like, mm -hmm. that doesn't really happen. Right. Right? So most people are doing all that online research first. Maybe they're working with a realtor. Maybe they're taking a peek on their own and they'll figure out the realtor second. But they're definitely, the picture says a lot. And if, if you don't have great photos, you don't have professional quality photos, you may miss out on mm -hmm. a group of buyers. Sure. Um, so I think it's good for people listening to understand that you don't have to spend a ton of money getting your house ready. But there are definitely people out there like myself and this woman, uh, Nancy, that I work with in staging and other... Uh, experts that we work with as a team that can come in and give you some suggestions mm -hmm. that can you know talk to you about your budget that can really kind of put a plan together and say all right if it's december if the goal is to list the house in may what can we do between now and may sure so that you have the maximum return on your investment here mm -hmm. right and 
it could be something simple like flooring or like you said it's curtains and draperies it's paint it's taking down wallpaper sometimes it's decluttering like right. you got a lifetime of stuff in this house people can't stuff. people can't even like see themselves in here or walk around a sure. corner yeah um, and sometimes another set of eyes is helpful because you live in the space you're there every day you don't really see it the same way right right and right. i think it's important if you do go down that road not to take it personal yeah. like somebody coming in and saying well have you thought about removing a third of the stuff have mm -hmm. you thought about a fresh right. coat of paint have you thought about yep. wallpaper choice um they're not saying that to be offensive no. they're saying that to be helpful yeah and to say like look your goal is to get this house sold i want to get it sold i want to get you know, as much money as possible mm -hmm. um but I wanted to, to circle back. So I, t I talked about the young man that was the single guy sure. that was trying to figure out, like, geez, how do I, how do I get out of mom and dad's house? Um, I have another couple similar in the situation that they're renting as a young family, mom and dad with two kids under six. But they've been searching for a couple of years now. Hmm. And they found themselves like saved up a decent amount of money but every time they thought something was going to happen it just didn't work out uh -huh. so they were getting really discouraged sure. um, and they like where they're living as a rental but you know they're not building any kind of equity or yeah. wealth by doing that right sure. so um so i sat down with them and we kind of like talked through the wants and the needs and the don'ts and they're their want list was pretty long mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I and I so I had to really kind of scale them back and say look I just want to open your eyes to some other possibilities because now you got at least one kid in in school here in Franklin you've got another one on the way you like the area you want to stay close but all of these things like getting you a three-bedroom or a four-bedroom right now mm -hmm. is a big jump for you guys sure so why don't we look at some smaller homes, some even some condos in the area yep. that are a little bit more within your price point that get you out of renting. Um, and they, once we kind of had the, the talk and again, put them in touch with a local lender that I trust that they yep. got sure. their pre-approval done and that right. was incredibly eye-opening for them because yeah, in terms of what their yeah because they had they was. had yeah exactly so yeah. they they were then ready mm -hmm. to yeah. say okay you know we've kind of been in a rut for a little bit now mm -hmm. so we're trusting you and taking your advice and now we're open and uh, you know I brought the husband over to see a townhouse um, over the weekend he loved it. He said, geez, I don't know if you're going to get my wife on board with this or not. He's like, you know, and, I, and I said, well, you, you've you seen it. Right. You've seen that it's turnkey. Mm -hmm. You've seen that a condo alternative for your busy lifestyle is a good idea. Right. right? Yeah. And it's within your price point on your pre-approval. So you Correct. know that your monthly payment is what something you can afford. Yes. I said, I would encourage her to come see it. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, okay. Um, she came out and saw it and loved it as well. Excellent. Um, so we're actually just kind of waiting to see if our offer is accepted. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but that was a, that was many steps mm -hmm. to get them to that point of saying, you know what, Ted, you're right. We, 
we know what we want, but that that may be five years down the road. But this sure. is a great thing for right now. Right. It's, this condo, townhouse, is bigger than where they're living as renters. Mm -hmm. And it was in a great community, and they really loved it. Mm -hmm. So I think there are paths to home ownership for people out there that are getting frustrated with this market, that are getting frustrated with the low inventory and the high prices, they're getting frustrated with the rates. Um, and uh, one, one of my lender friends, um, his phrase is, marry the, <laughs> marry the house, but date the rate. <laughs> you know, he, he said, because, because rates come and go. Rates come so and if go. You, if you if yeah. you can find a house that you yeah. love, yeah. right, and you can make it work, mm -hmm. like you might have to sacrifice a couple of dinners out or a couple right. of you know right. the daily Starbucks runs, but like you can make this work. Sure. Maybe a year from now, you're refinancing, but guess what? You got the house. Right. Because right. a lot yeah. of buyers right now, when the rates went up, which was by design, by the way, people don't understand the Fed's <clears throat> logic, but they mm -hmm. were trying to slow the market down. Trying to reduce some of the demand. During Clearly. COVID, yeah. we saw spikes that we hadn't seen 20 years, right? Where, and in some cases in, in a lifetime, yeah. where you would get 100 people lined up at an open house. There was no inventory, and the home was going for... In some cases, a hundred thousand dollars over the asking price, if not two or three times what's what had been right? sold for before. And, and so people were getting really frustrated. Yeah, sellers were thrilled. Yeah, right. Of but, course. But but buyers were getting incredibly frustrated right. because they're like, "Look, I I am now one of twenty offers competing. Mm -hmm. I've given my my best foot forward." I've waved everything under the sun, and I still didn't get the house. What are we doing wrong? I know. I'm like, you're not doing anything wrong. No. It's just unfortunate reality of the situation. And it's hard when you've got a buyer and you go through that process multiple times because it gets emotionally exhausting. Oh, yeah. And they start to say, like, well, maybe now's the right time, or I can't do this anymore, or, mm -hmm. you know, I want to go on vacation and take a break, or whatever they tell me. Um, and as a realtor, you get frustrated because, you know, you, my job is to help people. My mm -hmm. job is to help not just sellers, but help buyers. Like, I want you to get into a house that right. you love. Right. And I want you to be happy. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be unhappy with the process because, you know, what, what good does that do? Yeah. So we don't, the, the Fed raising the rates during, you know, after seeing that crazy two-year period sure. was really intended to slow that down Absolutely. and to say, okay, you know, this is going to take some buyers out of contention altogether, mm -hmm. but people that are well-positioned can ride it out and take the higher rate, and it's going to put them into a house. Right. And that is absolutely what we're seeing. We're still seeing houses go on the market. They're not on the market very long, no. for the most part. For the most part, there are yeah. some exceptions if things aren't um, if things aren't priced right, or if the house has uh, you know some challenges or mm -hmm. busy street or you know what. Yeah. There's, there's different factors, but for the most part, things are things are still selling pretty come. quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll just be patient as a senior and wait for her hopefully and then as part of some of the overall discussions that i'm fortunate to have in this role 
Uh, eventually, we'll talk, and certainly we're watching as economic development does their thing in terms of potential rezoning and how do they do that so that Franklin as a whole can be well positioned. But then one of the other pieces, Chloe, will be having a discussion with the developers to make sure that as we do the rezoning that it actually helps them because they're the ones who are going to have to build the inventory that we're going to need to get to at some point. Right. And I think to the extent that what we do see currently is kind of the apartments. Mm -hmm. Okay, the, there's a growth of apartments recently, but I'm not seeing kind of that senior living, affordable housing type, nope. whether it's condos or townhouses or even apartments coming in as well. And to the extent that this one stat, you know, that there's 2,700, mm -hmm. that should catch some developers' attention as well. Is like instead of getting kind of the young transit-oriented folks, let's try and attract the senior population. Well, it's going to so. help both. It's gonna, it it it's gonna, will. It's going to help both groups, right. but a, a developer, honestly, and I know labor is incredibly expensive right now, supplies are incredibly mm -hmm. expensive right now, it's all about the return investment, so they do better, obviously, with the 800000 to million dollar colonials, but if there was a way, mm -hmm. and if there was some land, or if there was a way that they could build 20 smaller single-family homes or 10 or 5 or, you know, like, just to try to think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, because there's a market. There is absolutely a market sure. for a two- to three-bedroom smaller cape or smaller ranch. I realize with modern building, they're, they're not going to maybe look the same, mm -hmm. but the you know, 1,500 to 2,000 square foot, an awful lot of people asking for single-level living. They don't want the two stories Correct. for various reasons. For various, right? yeah. Um, and they want to be in a community, mm -hmm. right? Everybody wants to be, you know, with like-minded folks, you know, and um, be able to maybe walk to various resources right. or yeah. enjoy each other's company, if mm -hmm. you will. Yeah. Um, the developer down in Plymouth, um, developer by, and landowner by the name of A.D. Makepeace um, saw this, and he he very fortunate to have a lot of land, yeah. right? And, and, Pl and Plymouth is just, you know, gigantic, and as you've seen, the growth boom down there. Mm -hmm. But he started uh, a complex called Redbrook, which is down the street from the Pine Hills. Okay. But he's been doing it in phases phases okay. and he has every possible range of house on in in those he's got what i would call almost smaller vacation cottage style homes to okay. buy sure he's got the mid-size single family he has the large colonial size single family he has condos and he has apartments mm -hmm. and he's building infrastructure all around it. There's YMCA that agreed to build on the property. There's a restaurant. There's a grocery store. Um, Beth Israel Deaconess is doing a satellite there. There's mm -hmm. trails. So it's like people have a lot of what they need sure. all around them. Yep. But there's also all these different price points. Yeah. And I realized that that can only happen because of land. Yes. Right? But, um, and that we yeah. in Franklin that we're, 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 yeah. we're getting to a point where that you know there's not a lot of land left right no, no. Um, 
No. But but conceptually, it's it's very smart, mm-hmm. right? Because he's yeah. he realized okay, it's not just about building the high end stuff. Correct. I gotta I gotta have a, a yeah. variety. Yeah. Um, so I would implore the developers that are um, that are looking here in town if there is any possibility, uh, you will get you will get people at the the starting point in their journey looking at those houses as mm-hmm. entry points but you will also get people on the other end that right. are saying alright I will free up my large colonial that I just don't need anymore and buy something small but I don't want to leave Franklin I'm like, right. you know, my, I have my life here yeah. and I think for if we can get to that point it would be you know a really sort of fascinating discussion right and uh, kind of do a lot for uh, this vibrancy of our town mm-hmm. right indeed uh, yeah it should well thank you for sharing from your realtor perspective I think there's enough here for folks who are across the market in terms of looking um, that food for thought at a minimum and then certainly they can contact you or if they're already working with a realtor maybe you've just given them some ideas that bring that into the discussion yeah uh, but i think the key points that you made are most realtors would address those points as well so yep and i one of the things that i i'll just point out that i'm going to start doing uh, in partnership with the senior center um, starting in january we're going to kind of do a once a month um coffee talk um, you know that's going to focus mm-hmm. on different different topics in real estate sure and I'm going to bring different people in uh, to partner with me and lead those talks um, January's talk is going to be about financing okay and around the you know like just around the pre-approval process or around you know sometimes even as a, a homeowner if you've been in a long time it's a good idea to talk to a finance person and figure out okay what what do i have these are my assets Mm -hmm. this is what the house is worth here's where i want to go how does that look on paper right and just kind of talking to somebody about all right well what was my what does my pre-approval look like do Mm -hmm. i do i have the ability to go buy something now and not sell this first and all of those types of talks so that's january and i hope that you know um hope that we get a good crowd to come and you know have a cup of coffee and a muffin or something with us and give us some ideas about topics that they would like to see for future months mm-hmm. and we'll just keep it going yeah. and we're going to do them for free yeah. and um, you know I'm kind of happy to uh, talk to anybody that has questions and you know like let's every situation's unique so let's talk about it and you know put put a plan together but mm-hmm. you know thank you for having me today thank you for all that you do for educating um the public here in franklin on in so many different ways steve it's great to, it's great to have you and um to all of our listeners uh, certainly happy holidays and i uh, hope everyone has a very safe and happy new year and uh, thank you absolutely thank you and i'll out that in my Franklin Q&A session. I know you were fortunate to participate once. We appreciate that because that was good. And um, Yeah, because I think once we start that conversation, there'll be other questions coming out of that because that's one of the reasons that I do what I do there mm-hmm. is they also ask questions and it's like, oh yeah, I, I hadn't considered that. Let me, right. let me go that way. So, right. Right. yeah, that'll, that'll be good. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you again for taking time. And to the listeners, a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.